as individuals, we should be living examples of what it is that we say we believe in. Consumerism shows you what we value, and we are still very much valuing a formula that doesn't work. And the, the formula is you fix me, you give me something to take it away to make me more comfortable in the life that is not conducive to health. Hello and welcome to Your Great with your host, Unique Hammond. I am a holistic nutrition practitioner, a life coach, a health coach, and the author of the book, Your Taste Buds Are Assholes. In that book, I take you through my story, the trial and error it took to heal my body from Crohn's disease and endometriosis, although I mostly and predominantly focus on Crohn's disease. I created this space to provide inspiration and tools for those on their healing path. One of the things I learned on my own journey is that healing my body took healing my relationship with my body, with my emotional body, and my spiritual body as well. It was really a full contact sport. I had no idea how disconnected I was from my body. In fact, I didn't feel anything but anxious or angry. I really had two modes and it felt very limited. I felt very limited in my life, but I also felt safe, safe in my groove, in my lane. And what healing did is it totally took me out of my comfort zone and required that I either step up and make changes for long-term health or that I look for quick fixes like I always had so that I could live the life that I had always lived. And what happened to me in the process of looking for fixes is that I realized that I didn't want to live the life I'd always lived and I didn't want to be who I had always been. So the deeper dive was really what was needed to not just heal my body, but to heal my life. Today's guest is Dr. Cassie Huckabee. She is a naturopathic physician and the founder of Grit Natural Medicine. I love her philosophies on healing. She had healed her body from what sounds like multiple diagnosis. She doesn't discuss the names of a diagnosis as she believes these names are powerful. And honestly, I see that a lot in my own practice where someone can get married to a diagnosis. It was an interesting that happened for me because I was very scared of the diagnosis. But ultimately for me, getting that diagnosis is what set me free. Something inside of me, as soon as I heard the words, Crohn's disease, I went, oh, I can heal that. But I also see the opposite, where when somebody gets a diagnosis, they marry it and it becomes their destiny. I respect her decision not to tell me what her diagnosis were, as Dr. Huckabee's passion is to provide medicine that heals and educates and demystifies the healing process. She believes that life is your medicine and I couldn't agree more. I loved our conversation, her expansive take and connection to healing, and her unshakable connection to truth. I hope you enjoy our conversation today as much as I did. Enjoy. I'm really excited to sit down with you, Dr. Huckabee. I've been following you and I've actually had clients of mine who I work with be like, Unique, you have to reach out and see if she'll come on the podcast. I'd love for you guys to have a conversation around healing. And mm-hmm. so I'm really excited that we figured this out. Thank you. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I love you repeat it again and again, and I love it because it is the medicine life is your medicine and just before we hopped on i was watching the video that you just put out about really having the dedication to your life as medicine the same way you would if you were taking your birth control pill every day or your blood pressure medication or whatever it is it's really understanding the power of natural healing Mm -hmm. because we are the natural world and i i just I love it. And I would love for you to just tell a little bit about yourself and your journey and how you got to where you are now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, or fortunately, this piece, the life is your medicine came towards the end, right? Where the more you dive into your medicine, the more you dive into these principles and education and everything, and you're searching for truth, it kind of pulls you here. So that was the tell end of my journey. 
I started in traditional medicine in West Texas, allopathic medicine, and then my own health journey put me in the position to seek out help from, you know, the school, the business, right, that I was going to give my life to. And when I went to them, you know, to get help, they couldn't give life back to me. <laughs> so it was this full stop. Uh, hold on. <laughs> so you can't. Um, modern medicine at its greatest, what I'm about to give my whole life to, cannot offer me the salvation that I was seeking at that time. And I'm in a 20-year-old body. And so what they handed me was, you know, five quote-unquote incurable diseases and said, that's your life. Good luck. Sorry. Short end of the stick with genetics. And that's the best we can do. <laughs> so life forced me into a different direction because, you know, it sounds like even with you, for me, that wasn't good enough. Good luck wasn't good enough. We can't do anything for you wasn't good enough. And those words meant nothing to me. They weren't me. And so I did not want to own them, even though they scared me just unbelievably at that time because I didn't know then what I knew now. And so that was a massive moment of trauma, a massive moment of just recalibration because you're given these words in this moment of seeking help. And so, you know, that started my journey out of just absolute necessity. And so when you go to the top of the top and they say they can't do anything for you except for potentially experiment on you, just my very simplistic practical thinking of, <laughs> so you're saying it'll get worse at best if you guys intervene or I can just step away and be at least this level of bad. And so just with practicality, I didn't want to be an experiment for them with all the potential side effects of the drugs that they offered to me in that moment. So then, you know, the way I say it is I just became available for a greater truth because at that time I was very close-minded, you know, grew up on a farm. So I think I was kind of primed to be available a little bit more than most, but I was very closed off in my thinking. I didn't know anything about natural medicine. You know, West Texas has traditional allopathic medicine, even though I feel like natural medicine is woven into the fabric of farm life, of, you know, Native American history, everything of that land where I came from, but I didn't know of it. I hadn't locked eyes with these things yet. And so then in just an opportunity to be available, you know, really in a state of fear and just having, you know, the rug pulled out from underneath me of my savior, what could save me and what I was giving my life to, I became aware of a conversation in a coffee shop and they were talking about this quack voodoo doctor in town who was you know healing people and all of this stuff and I was like mm, I'm in the market for some voodoo something because I need some help so just out of curiosity just a hundred percent curiosity went and asked to shadow at that clinic I was done with all my shadowing hours and already took the MCAT submitted my application and was done, but was like, oh, I need more shadowing hours. <laughs> I just need to see what you guys are doing. And so it was different from the beginning. Like I walked in and, you know, the biggest, you know, giveaway that we we're doing something different was the primary physician. He was like, you should go to the restroom and get something to drink. And I was like, we're going to have a meeting. <laughs> what are we doing? He's like, no, we're about to have our first patient. I was like, yeah, so it's going to be 10 minutes, five minutes max. Like, and he was like, no, it's supposed to be two hours. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I haven't seen anything like this before. So the second I walked in, it was over because I, you know, I feel like most of us who are in this world, when you lock eyes with truth, when you taste it, when you feel it, you cannot deny it and you can't forget it. <laughs> and so it had me, it touched me, it had an opening. And, you know, everything from there was just this pool of truth this following of truth, unlike anything I'd ever experienced. And, you know, lots of ups and downs and confusion and seeking and learning and changing and growing. But it was a, a solo path, <laughs> an individual path that got me here. And at the end of it, I had reversed all of those diseases on my own, without a doctor, without anything, just living the medicine that I was studying. And I was ravenous for the information more so than, you know, I would say some of my colleagues because I needed it. I was desperate. And I needed it to work because <laughs> I needed to live and I wanted my brain and my sight and my sense of touch. And so I went into it just ravenous with everything that I had. And I incorporated it and I changed it and I tried everything, every bit of medicine I learned. I was like guinea pig number one. And then at the end of it, you know, you get to a point where you can manipulate physiology and biochemistry pretty well. The game of medicine, right? But then I was kind of at a stalemate with why doesn't it hold? <laughs> Why 
stop these herbs? Why would I stop or change my diet or do little things outside of my habits and my routines? Do I, you know, go back? Like, what is it? And so then that pushed me into the world of all that it is to be a human, all of our minds and the world of, you know, quantum physics, quantum mechanics, what we have available here, but it seems further away, right? Because it seems so complex. And so it pushed me into that world because I still wanted freedom, right? And that's what I believe medicine is. It is a hundred percent freedom, freedom from everything. And to get there, I had to push myself in a way I'd never pushed myself before. I had to learn in a way I'd never learned before, not an academic way of learning, but a living, (laughs) you know, extracting the wisdom from things, the wisdom from what I was doing. And, you know, that ultimately led to what I feel like is my medicine now, this true medicine, this medicine of what you have and what I have and what everyone, anyone listening to this has sitting with them right now. And how cool it is that it's yours, you know, you're distracted away from it with business and medicine and all of the distractions in society. But we're sitting here in the most magnificent thing, which is your body, in the most amazing, magical thing, which is the background, the metaphysical background, this natural world. And when you understand how it all dances together, how it all interfaces, then you really realize the truth of your life really is your medicine in every way that you can take that phrase. And so that was my ultimate learning. And so that's what created the medicine that I do, which is just, I think, you know, probably you too. I'm a teacher. (laughs) You know, we don't ever jump through the screen or go heal a person. If a body heals, it's the body that's healing. It's the individual sitting there doing it, but we can empower and we can, you know, I, I just take my journey as I saved you all of the terrible experiments that I didn't went wrong. <laughs> and I'm hoping those things don't work. <laughs> don't waste your time there. I can get the spark notes version of how that ends. And so that's, that's where really what I found medicine to be. And so it's been this beautiful ride that healed me and then has turned into this thing where I get to see people heal themselves. And, you know, it's a dance, it's a beautiful thing. And it falls under that that word that is medicine. It's so beautiful. Was this information that you gleaned along the healing path that kind of led you to this greater understanding of this really connectedness, right? It was, you know, because I was really rigid. I think in the beginning, a lot of us people that value intellect, value knowledge, value accumulation of information, right? I was that to the max in the beginning. I was into the research. I was into the science. I was into education. I thought I had to be certified in everything out there because what I had was so complex (laughs) that I had to know the best, the greatest, the latest of everything to have a shot at survival. So that was my understanding at that time, which I found is not true, right? And is actually a distraction. So, you know, I had to push my medicine to the max of it to sometimes turn around and be like, what did I, I'm doing it perfectly because I was very, I'm a very, you know, hard-headed, determined person. So my, that was my personality too. Like if this medicine is real, <laughs> it's going to work at me, right? Because nobody can outgrip me. Nobody can out-dedicate me. Nobody can out-commit me. And I know how valuable those things are. So then I was like, if this stuff is going to work, it's going to work in me. And if it doesn't, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I was all in and maxed these things out but I was doing it in a very, in, in a very like robotic, intellectualized, highly like formulated way. And that's not human. <laughs> so you have to do it the wrong way sometimes to go and be like, why doesn't this work? Like, why can you get a little bit better, but you don't have that, the freedom of never again, <laughs> this thing's never, ever going to come back. And so those were the things that puzzled me because when I got massively better, I was so excited. But again, I wanted to be free. I wanted to like, it still puzzled me on how can some people sit there and, you know, have a pizza and drink a beer and they can still be well versus me. I'm just, you know, having my fruit in a glass of water with some mint leaves and a salad. And, you know, that didn't scream freedom to me. And so freedom to me was, you know, just like the example of a mechanic you're free when you don't need the mechanic (laughs) not when you have to drive around with the mechanic and then not when you're always at the, you know, the automotive 
the automobile shop. Like you, you, that's not freedom to me. And so that's where my brain was like, there's got to be more. And that's what, you know, looking back, because you couldn't max it out anymore. I went and did laser therapy. I went and did, you know, stem cells. I went and learned about peptides. I went, I went to everything because I was like, well, maybe I just don't know enough. Maybe there's something greater that I haven't learned about. Maybe. And then it just took doing all of that, spending all of that money to be sitting basically <laughs> at this one point that I couldn't get past and be like, what is it? And so then you have to go look back at everything you were doing and be like, what's, what's the truth there behind all of the very rigid, over-intellectualized things that I was implementing? Is there more truth to be seen there? And so that's what brought me to you know, the world of the mind, the world of this metaphysical background that we're always engaging with, interfacing with, dancing with, because you have to go there because it's where, you know, it's not just what you do, it's how and why you do it. And when you start understanding how magnificent that is and how complex that is, <laughs> but you can always simplify it down to these truths of, you don't have to explain them, explain these concepts with you know, the terminology within quantum mechanics and quantum physics for it to be working in you. And that's often the distraction. We think we have to be educated to the degree of a rocket scientist to have access to these things. And we don't. <laughs> you can sit there and not know they exist, not have a name for them, and they generally work better, right? Your intellect oftentimes interrupts truth and the flow of truth. And so that's where I had to start seeing where I was getting in my own way by thinking I had to do everything to heal instead of understanding what true healing is and either aligning with it or getting out of its way. <laughs> and so again, that leads us to this world of, of all of this other that we have available that's less of this tangible doing, less of this micromanaging all of the details of what we eat, how we take things and how long we do this and, and infuses humanity back into all of it the living of it, the tasting of your food, you know, the experiencing and the deliciousness of life and that on top of, you know, aligning with these natural principles. That's the key. And it's sitting there right with you. But I had to take the really long route <laughs> to get there to be like, oh my gosh, there's so much more to all of this. And it's so much more beautiful than we ever thought. That's beautiful. It's, it's energy versus yeah. I need to know this and know that and figure out that it, but it almost sounds like that, that journey through the information is what mm -hmm. set you free from the information in a way, mm -hmm. it, because you went there and you went, yeah, none of this actually works. So right. yeah. yeah. And I'd love for you to talk about what actual healing is, because I'm really, I just, the way that sounds to me is so freeing in itself. Mm -hmm. Right. And that feeling that, that we're feeling right now, it's where, you know, language is, in a is a true barrier to the explanation of it, right? That's when you know you're touching something true. And so that's what I talk about with, you know, healing. Healing is the truest thing there is. There, there is only one way for the body and it only knows healing. It, it, the, the idea of disease is us explaining how the body heals, right? The truth is that you're healing always, <laughs> every single moment, right? And so there is, the reason you feel that full body sigh is because healing is a truth. It's a promise, right? It, you, it's an unconditional yes, right? There is no exceptions. There are no conditions. There is no judgment. <laughs> it just is. We distract away from the truth and the promise of it. It's not something that we have to gain. It's something, it's not something we have to, you know, achieve or, find or it just is. And so that's why when we talk about it, language one is a barrier, but we feel it. You feel that piece of it because it's true, right? And so that's what I work with is truth because that's the one thing. One is my brain wanted it to make sense, wanted there to be no exceptions. And then there was a part of me that was like, I better know everything, you know, just undeniably and have not like a hundred percent certainty in everything I do before I work with people. Cause I just, you know, we all have very different personalities. That was my, I needed to know, I needed it to be provable. That was how my brain worked then. And so these things that, you know, healing happening always is, is a truth. You can go look in every human body in the world. You can cut your arm right now. I think if we were crazy enough to be like, let's demonstrate it. You could cut your arm right now and by the time we're done with this conversation, you've healed. 
right? So every single moment, you're more healed than the moment before. There are, there are no exceptions to this. Even if you want to take it, you know, it's a much larger discussion on what death is, right? But that is, <laughs> that's part of life, right? So it's not the lack of healing, right? There's something so much more complex to that. So, so healing is something that's always here. And when you work with it, you're working with truth. So you have to work with truth <laughs> because you can't have, you know, you can't start out on a flawed premise and then have right answers and then think that, you know, it's true. Right and true are two very different things. Good and true are two very different things. So I had to give up what was right, even according to academics and education and research, right? And see what was true. <laughs> and so when you do that type of work, it really starts getting pretty straightforward. You know, there are so many things that are, are right, but they're not true, right? And, and the premise or where you start and how you ask questions is going to determine if it's a right answer or a wrong answer, right? But it, even if it's a right answer, it does not mean it's true. And so when you're working with healing, one, you've got to go with the understanding of the truth that it's always happening, that there's nothing you're going to do. There's nothing you're going to read. There's nothing you're going to find. There's nothing that you're going to take that actually creates the healing, right? So you can, I always just try to explain it like a flowing river. <laughs> the river is flowing. <laughs> We're not up there like pouring water in as practitioners and doctors. No, something else much greater than what I am or have access to or even have the understanding of is doing that. That is you being alive. That is your promise. That's your birthright. So what happens is there can be boulders in the river that obstruct the flow of it. So where I come in, where practitioners come in, is, or even where understanding comes in, is you can remove things that are obstructing that flow, right? But the flow is always happening at the speed that it goes, right? That That is the promise of it. That's the truth of it. And so you know, you, you have to work on those levels of truth with other things that match that. So you can't, you know, you have to get really just very truthful, even in how you do things, how you communicate with people, how you, because medicine I started finding did not align with truth. And so then me as a doctor did not align with truth. If you could go into the depths of it, because there's levels of deception, there's levels of you need me in order to heal. That's not true. <laughs> you need me in order to live. That's absolutely not true. And so then I was like, oh my gosh, just me existing underneath the umbrella of a word doctor and diagnosing and doing all of these things, they are in direct opposition to what is true about being a human being. That's a problem because we're going to this industry <laughs> as our savior. And so when you have these massive conflicts, you get either a stalemate in movement or you get massive confusion, therefore no results. And so when I started getting massive results that, you know, are just undeniable and reproducible and it's not me doing it, it's because it was true. <laughs> it's because the truth takes care of itself. And so that's the, the foundation of how I've been healing is first, you've got to know it's yours and, and it can't be taken away from you. It can be, you can be detached from the experiencing of the truth of it with your mind, your illusions, your stories, what you consume, who you follow, what you choose to believe. It's happening. It's happening every single moment that you get to be alive. And that's the truth. There are no exceptions to that, right? And anytime you get a cut, I'm always like stoked of like, it's a reminder. <laughs> it's a reminder that every moment is perfection. And every moment you're healing and, and the genius on your skin is not different from the genius in your internal organs. You cannot say it exists on the skin, but not in the pancreas. It exists in the skin, but not in the lungs. It exists in the skin, but not in my liver. That can't be true because the body, the DNA, what's it like coded into you is healing, is <laughs> survival. It has nothing else. And so it becomes, you know, even more playful. Because those truths, literally truths set you free, right? Because you, you're very certain in your next action step. You're very clear in what is the right step, right? There's no confusion on which way should I go because the truth of the truth is the truth of the truth. And that's how I, you know, use inputs, if you will. I tell people all the time, like another truth is you can't get sunburned in a shade, right? Maybe somebody could utilize their mind in such a way that they could induce one somehow. But 
you'd have to be so in control of your mind to do that. It requires inputs, right? And so this is what you're working with. It's just these simple things that are always reproducible, that work no matter what human body there that's in front of you. And so when you're working with these truths, the truth is healing just is. <laughs> and not coming from me, not coming from a device, not coming from a pill, not coming. It's what you're sitting in right now, right? And that is why we feel that peace. That is that deep sigh of, so you're saying I don't have to do anything. Yeah, <laughs> but you can support it, right? And you can, you can enhance the living of the life, but you know, to act like you're in control of something so out of reach for us, that's exhausting just to even attempt, right? When you meet with someone, your approach is you're already healing. And in this oh, area, yeah. you're already healing. And, oh. it's, and really, it's you're using tools to get the boulders out of the way. Mm-hmm. So if something's impeding the body's ability to heal. So if life can be your medicine, can life also be your poison? Absolutely. So your life is always your medicine. And your medicine can be therapeutic or it can be poisonous. So there are no exceptions to your life being your medicine. Everything you interface with, I try to explain it just simply as inputs, right? Everything is an input and every input has an output in your unique combination. I love that word. (laughs) And your name of your life and the inputs that come in and how you interpret them and how you perceive them in your history and your traumas and the world that you're in and how you interface with it determines the output. The output is how you feel. It is your symptoms. Is So without exception, your life is your medicine. So even if you've never heard this phrase before, and you're not even somebody who's, you know, utilizing natural therapies or lifestyle medicine or anything, you're brand new. It's still your medicine. So how I tell, like explain it is, so if you're listening, your level of how good you feel right now, your level of symptomology, you have the exact recipe to feel this good. You eat the way you're eating, move the way you're moving, think the way you're thinking, relate the way you're relating. All the inputs in your world is like baking a cake. You've got the ingredients, the temperature, the duration, <laughs> and everything you need to bake this cake again. And so that's what a lot of people do is they live the same day a million days in a row, right? And so that if you bake, use the same ingredients with the same method every single day, you're going to get the same cake, right? So if you want a different output, a different cake, a different way of feeling, you've got to start looking at your life, right? The totality of your life. Where medicine has gone wrong is they're like, it's just, you know, we can split you up and we can reduce everything to all these little things. It's the totality of It's how touch interfaces with your hormones, interfaces with your neurotransmitters, interfaces simultaneously with light coming through your eyes and communicating to your brain and your mitochondria. It's all of it all at once. And so we're oversimplifying what it is to be a human being. We're so dynamic. So medicine is like, I don't care about your relationships. I don't care what broke your heart before you came in here today. I don't care what your relationships are like or what your family life is like as a child. I don't care about any of that. Let's run labs and see what your blood's doing, right? That is such an incomplete picture of the human being. And we'll acknowledge that on one side, but we're not utilizing that when it comes to the health of the human being. We're saying, oh no, you leave all of that over there <laughs> unless you go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist. And then the cardiologist is just going to deal with the heart and the endocrinologist, just the hormones. It, it's all of it all at the same time. You cannot prick your finger and not alter everything else in your body. That's the beauty of you. And like, that's the dynamic nature of the human body. You know, I, I sometimes even like put myself in the hot seat and joke with my patients, like, okay, if you think I'm going to heal you, we got to get rid of that real quick. So what I just, I jokingly say, it's not a joke, but would you let me control just your clotting factors? I have to write out every enzymatic reaction, every cofactor, every protein, every, you know, DNA, all of the protein folding, all the stuff to just control just your clotting factors. Nothing else. We're just going to make it real simple for me. Just clotting factors. All I have to do is control all of that for your whole entire body for 30 seconds. Would you go all in on that for, with your life? For me as a human being with human intellect, and I'm pretty freaking smart. I've got grades to prove it. Would you want to take that bet? No. <laughs> and all of them were like, no, I'm like, but, you, I'm, but you don't think I'm smart? 
oh, no, you are smart. Okay, but the reason you're saying no is because you know there's so much that medicine doesn't know. You know there's so much error in the human mind, in mental accumulation, in what we quote-unquote know in textbooks, in education, in, of course, you're sitting in something so much more magnificent than even your most, you know, impressive physician. And so you've got to think on these levels of like, well, if that's true, if I can't even trust somebody that I do respect with my clotting factors, how are we handing over the totality of who we are and say, please just run labs, scan my body, and then my life is in your hands. Like We've got to start looking at the truth of some of these things and be like, these two things can't coexist. We can't say that the human is so dynamic that we have to control for their mind in research studies and then turn them loose in everyday life and say, your mind doesn't alter anything. Or we can't, you know, use lie detector tests <laughs> because of the body's complete inability to fabricate without massive physiological changes. And then at the same time, same breath, say, you can't trust your body. You need to learn all these things and use your intellect to make decisions in this world. So it's these things like these big things that are just glaringly like not congruent that started being like, oh my gosh, just within my world of medicine, when I started just making it's truth or nothing. If it's not truth, I will not speak of it. I will not utilize it. I will not give it any of my time, not my voice, not my heart, and definitely not my work. It cleared out so much of what I thought medicine was. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> we are so far away from honoring what is true in the human being, honoring the complexity the mystery of a human body, of the human spirit, of the human mind, and that all working in unison. We're so far away from it. We're dishonoring it with everything we do under the pretense of medicine and health and healing. And so, you know, it was a moment for me to just drastically change how I did everything. But then a challenge in, you know, the way that I did medicine of like, you know, we've got to be more true because we're seeing, you know, you can look at our statistics. They're not even hidden. They're terrible. <laughs> They're terrible. Scary. It's scary. It's scary. Yeah. yeah. And so they've got to ask better questions. We've got to look for truths, right? On our own as individuals. And then us as practitioners, you know, you've got, we've got to hold ourselves to another standard because when you realize that you're part of the problem, it is, Again, when you say your life is your medicine, as a practitioner, what I'm putting out is medicine for the people, but it's medicine for me. So if I'm deceiving, if I'm manipulating, if I know something is not true and out of fear or out of strategy or out of whatever, I'm going against that, that again, that's your medicine. That's the beauty of this world, right? Mm -hmm. It's the totality of your life. Right. And so that's why, you know, even in this encounter, it's not hard to act. Right. Humans have mastered acting. Humans have mastered the performance. But when something hits, it's because a truth hits. And we've got to move away from being dazzled by appearance, being dazzled by all of the things that intellectually we value. And we've got to start dropping into the body and being like, why did I feel that right there? What about me? resonated with something there, not who is the human talking? What, where do they come from? Tell me about their testimony. No, like what in me hit something right there <laughs> and then follow that because we have got to be individuals. We have got to be all that we are, right? And then the people operating in a truthful way, you can't help but change in a conversation, right? This moment is going to be medicine for me and it's going to be medicine for you. And it's not how much I bring to the tables, how much medicine you get. No, I'm, I'm minimal. How much you're engaged, how much we are communing, how you know, ravenous we are for the engagement, the interaction determines what we get, <laughs> right? That's what practitioners matter. They matter some in outcome, of course, but there's such a, like, a minimal input with regards to who actually holds the power. You, the individual always holds the power and that's what's true, right? And so this is where we as a human 
That's why there are no days off. There are no moments off. You know, that's how we started this conversation. Are you all in? Are you not? And it's not, are you all in on Dr. Cassie's protocol? Or are you all in on Dr. Cassie's ideology or this guru's way of thinking? Or it's, are you all in on your life? And how true are you? Do your words align with your actions, align with your truths, act, align with your beliefs, align with you behind closed doors, align with you out in front of social media, align with you in a conflict, align with you when somebody said, are you true? <laughs> that's our responsibility. That's our work. That's our life, which is our medicine without exception. And so it's this, you know, when I said that phrase young, right, it grew. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> everything I do is not only medicating those I interact with, but medicating me tenfold. So what I'm putting out, it better be true. It better be full of love. It better bring every part of me to the table or I'm not bringing it my truth, right? Because any instant you're in that you're not all the way in. Like if I'm sitting here with you and thinking about what I'm doing next, I'm missing out on something here. For us, for me, for somebody listening, right? That that's where it's our obligation and and our, you know, it's an offering really to be fully here and be as true as we can be. And when you learn something, if you get if you encounter a truth today in our conversation, right? If somebody's listening and you encounter a truth here and you don't change, that's your medication. <laughs> right? I often tell this to practitioners or doctors that come see me. I say, now your biggest medicine is, are you going to keep doing to your patients what you have proven isn't working because you're coming to me for medicine? That's not my job to call you out. It's your job to change, right? And so this is, you know, the integrity, the grit, the truth that we have to start being in order for this whole world to change because how we're doing it is not working. <laughs> and, and so that's, you know, that I think is, you know, exciting and, you know, a challenge for all of us. And it's with you, me with me. <laughs> like, well, I think there's this misconception that, and I had it for a majority of my life, um, mm -hmm. was that, first of all, I wasn't even connected to my body, you know, not even connected to it as um, I was the custodian. I was, you know, we are one and the care of my body being incredibly important, with, but I didn't know it until my body was broken down. And I say like a car on the side of the road with the hood up and steam coming out. And then I went like, whoa, what's happening to my body? It felt like a nuisance. And, and there was still this part of me that felt like somebody will save me from myself. And somebody will save me from this thing that's going on that I don't know what it is, but it's it's interrupting my life. And, yeah. you know, it, it was still a disconnect. And I see this a lot where others are walking around going, heal me, heal yeah. me, help me. Yeah. And, you know, your work resonates with me so much because what I say to them is you're the healer. I'm the guide. You're the one in your body and feeling your body and listening to your body and healing your body and connecting to your body. And I think there's this conversation around somebody else knows you, your body better and somebody else is going to help you versus you're going to listen to your body and look for what you're talking about, that truth, which bypasses the mind. And it's something you feel. It's something that is yes, yes. Yeah. And in my story of healing, my body saved me from my mind because my mind was go to the emergency room, go here. And my body was constantly saying to me, you're okay. You're okay. And I just had to be strong enough to actually listen to my body and say, oh, okay, I'm okay. But there is that what you're saying is the, you know, showing up as a physician in truth of your body is you to remove these boulders that are impeding the natural flow of healing, right? That is what I think I hear you saying versus I'm the one, I'm going to give you these things and I'm going to heal you, but you shouldn't trust yourself with your own body. Come back right. to me and I will continue to, right? It's versus how to give the power back to where the power is actually. Right. Again, it's honoring of that truth. And, and that's how I work within my medicine. And that's how we all should, because if freedom is not at the other end of your service, it's not true. If there is some type of a, you know, funnel or 
hamster wheel that leads them back to you. I don't care how good you are. You're not true. And that's not good for the people you're working with. So as much as I love the people I'm working with, my goal is to never have to see them again. I hope to see them in real life or in passing or them telling me what they're doing. But for there to be a, I need X practitioner, I need anything. It's not true. <laughs> and so that's, again, you know, when I started my practice, I tried to get a business mentor and all these things because I didn't know what I was doing. And I just knew the medicine, right? I didn't understand the business of it. And, you know, I'll never forget when I started, they were like, this is the most ridiculous business model I've ever seen. You are going to fail so quickly, so fast. And like, they were so aggressive in their <laughs> diagnosis of what I was about to do. And they're like, you can't, this is not sustainable. You're, you're setting people free from what you do. Like that's not sustainable. You're never going to make it. And so I just remember like, jokingly being like, well, I guess I'm just going to retire early. So <laughs> let's go. Right. But again, when you're operating with in truth, that was a risk I was willing to take. It was a risk because I knew I could not stomach the other. I could not lie to them. I could not make them think that something about me was so great that they needed me for the rest of their life, that I was willing to take a risk. And the risk was maybe this thing sinks. Maybe everybody's right about me. Maybe, you know, I am naive, maybe whatever, but I had to risk that me personally to stand for something, to have integrity within what I knew and what worked in my life, because I could no longer be like, you need 92 supplements. You need an IV every two weeks. That's what I was trained in. That was a business model. That was not health. That was not medicine. That was not truth, but I was trained in it. And so I had to give up everything, give up all of it and take a risk on being the one who didn't understand, who did learn business, who she's crazy, she's whatever, she thinks she can. And you have to put yourself in those positions as an individual, like, you know what, but it's true. And I will stand in this every single day and I will let, you know, this whole ship sink, but I'm going to stay on it because I know that it's true. And it worked in me and it's worked multiple times over. And it's true because it frees people. <laughs> and that's, there is no truth that is not also married to freedom. Freedom can't exist without truth and truth can't exist without freedom. And so if your patients are not free, one is, are you doing true medicine? And then two is the individual engaging in a way of, you know, they have to meet you in that truth too of, I don't want to be enslaved out of comfort. I don't want to be anesthetized in the world that is causing the quote unquote pathology. I want to be free and I'm willing to step up, rise up and do the work that's required to have what I'm asking for. Because, you know, one thing that I challenge my patients is, you know, you can't come to me and say, hey, can you heal X condition? Because I always put it back on you and be like, you know, it, I'm not healing anything. Are you willing to do the work required to heal X condition? That's what we need to find out. Because if yes, I'm all in and I won't stop till you get what you want. But you've got to meet me because I'm not going to be waking up in your bed every single day being like, okay, we've got to change the way we think. We got to change what we do today. We got to, no, it's going to be you. <laughs> it's going to be you every single moment of every single day. And if I pour 100% of me, into giving you as much as I have learned on how to be free and the truth that I have gathered along the way, the wisdom I gathered along the way, and you match me, you're done. And you send me a, a postcard and a picture and it's done. It's this beautiful, beautiful thing. And so, you know, we've got it. Again, it's on the individual level. We have to change and you have to hold yourself to such a high standard of truth. And when you learn that maybe there's something about what you're doing, how you're doing it, or why you're doing what you're doing that are, are chaining you to, you know, deception of any kind, it's up to you to change it, right? We're screaming at the world to change all of these things. They exist because we are still dependent on them, <laughs> because we still like to be anesthetized to not be in pain. We don't want the pain of what is required to heal. 
So we want to outsource when it's convenient for us, right? A true change is work. <laughs> a fix requires no work, right? Well, I think somewhere I wrote it down because I saw it and I thought, yes, it's yes, <laughs> truth. It, you wrote, do you want to change or just fix something so you can stay the same? And I would say that is that hit me in so many different ways. In the beginning of my healing journey, I just wanted to fix things so I could stay the same. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm just going to, you know, tie this up and I'm going to stop pooping my pants and I'm going to be totally back in business. And then my body was like, that doesn't work. This isn't going to work. You, yeah. you can't be the person you were before who was totally disconnected from their body, who was totally living out of integrity to heal. I had to become a totally different person. I had to let the old identities die to become yeah. who I was supposed to be. And that journey wasn't healing just my physical body. It was the emotional and spiritual body and the connectedness Absolutely. to myself. And it was only when I was willing to show up and do the work and change Mm -hmm. That my body, everything, you know, I think of it like a camera when you're looking through it and there's two images and as you come into focus, you come into focus and that's how it felt. Like the closer I got to my truth, the focus, yes. the, it, it clicked and my body was healed. And, but I show up every day for my body and mm -hmm. self, I show up every day for this. I think there's a lot of wanting to fix and not wanting to change and it's powerful medicine. It is powerful. And just for transparency the reason these things click because you and i have done it sounds like you know similar you know life <laughs> work right and again my words come from my lived experience right i was the master fixer i had maxed out herbalism tcm diets i had maxed out everything because i could fix let me tell you my fix it skills were top notch <laughs> right until again i realized the difference between true healing, changing, and a chronic, compulsive, frantic, always fixing, <laughs> right? And so the reason I can put words to these things is because I, I was that. I was the queen of fix it. You should see like the cabinets and all of the stuff and all of the toys and all of the, and I, I learned how to use all of them. And I learned how to use herbs and I learned how to and again, it was because I was in that compulsive, oh, I can fix anything. I'm not going to change anything because <laughs> that's uncomfortable. And I don't want to even acknowledge that I know that I need to change those things, right? Because you give up your personality. You start pushing away people. You start dis like having people disapprove of you, right? And as a perfectionist and as a people pleaser and as a, you know, live a perfect life, don't offend anybody. For me to start being exactly who I was, <laughs> that was uncomfortable. And I would, at that time, I would have put a cream, a supplement, herbs from the top of my head down to the bottom of my feet to not let the world see who I was, right? Because I thought that they had a judgment on, she's too blonde, she's too this, she's too this, she's too this, a good person wouldn't do this, a good woman wouldn't do this, a good woman wouldn't, you know, wear that or do that or, and that's how I lived my life. And that's why my physical body showed me exactly what it showed me. Your life sucks. <laughs> the way you're living is not conducive to being a living, free, fully expressed human being. Not, I hate you, Cassie, and I'm going to sabotage your life, right? But that's how we think. Just like you said, it, my body was a nuisance to me. My body was a prison. I was trapped in it. I couldn't do the things I wanted to do. I couldn't play. I couldn't, right? It wasn't my body. <laughs> you got to flip this way of thinking, right? Which is where you and I are now. Like, oh my goodness, body was always healing. Body was a truth detector test showing me the reality of my world, showing me the reality of who I actually was being. And when you're a performance, your body will scream at you because you're not real, right? You can eat plastic food and be pissed off all day long that you're malnourished, but you can't eat the plastic food. <laughs> if you want nourishment, you got to eat the real stuff, right? And so, you know, these are the lessons that you have to learn. And that's why, you know, even in my medicine, my whole first visit is not the doing stuff because I learned that is a distraction 
And that is, you know, if I'm operating on truth and I, so I operate every single day, like this could be my last conversation, bring everything that you've got right here. So every patient I see, I see them like they're the last patient I will ever see for the rest because it could, it's more true than me being like, oh, I've got a four o'clock. You don't know. (laughs) That's adult make-believe. So when you do this, when you live this intensity of life and you bring everything to the table that I had to change, even how I did medicine was like, we can't even get to the doing part until you understand how your psychology, your habits, your actions, your relationships, your neurology impact everything you're doing before we even start doing. Why add on more doing if (laughs) you're not even doing the doing that you're already doing in a way that could benefit you the most? And so now I even had to change. So my last first visit is very little of the doing stuff, which can piss somebody off if you want the old (laughs) model because you're like, give me something. I just did. (laughs) Go, go change your whole entire world. Go look at your world through a lens of truths. What can stay? What can't? What about you can continue? What can't? What relationships get to stay how they are and which ones can't? That's work, but nobody wants to do it. They're like, give me a, can you give me a supplement? (laughs) No, 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 (laughs) not yet. Right. Can you give me something to cover up the real disease? Can yeah, the the living out of alignment. The I'm I'm not going to take up a lot of space. I'm going to eat yeah. whatever they're feeding me. I'm not going to say no. I don't eat that. I'm just going to be easy because easy people are are great and accepted. And I'm going to continue to live in this very narrow lane and and be very small. And I'm not going to be true. And and the real disease. I see it, and I I love your approach so much because I can watch people heal their bodies. Every single day I watch, I watch my clients heal their bodies, but then the mind, they show back up six months later because the mind dragged them right back to disease. All the choices, the eating, the everything, the body is now back to close to where they started with me. It's the truth, the, the self, the integrity of self, the discovery of self, the discomfort of growth doesn't happen then the habits just return. The the old right. way of being just returns and along with it, the old ailments. And what you're saying is just so powerful. It resonates on so many levels. A lot of people are trying to decorate their houses before cleaning them up, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so how you do things and the order with which you incorporate those things matters, right? And so that's why you can't rely on any input. You can't rely on any one thing to be your savior. It, it will never work, right? It's the totality. We're, we're so much more dynamic. We're so much more complex in a very beautiful way. And so, you know, you learn that, you know, I maxed out everything you could max out. I maxed out every therapeutic intervention you could imagine, right? Every diet you can imagine. Every, and like it was, you know, massively beneficial for me because I understand what goes on and all of the things and, the medicine that you can get from it and then the poison that you can get from it as well. But you do all those things to find out that those are not the truths. Those can't be. (laughs) But again, they don't lead you to freedom. And so everything that factors into the human has to be considered when considering human, right? You you can't be like, oh, that one is hard to address and inconvenient and occupies too much time. I don't want to talk about that. We're going to, you know, just go straight into supplements or we're going to just look at your labs or we're going to, we're missing so much. And that's why most people don't change, right? Because everybody is swimming in fixes and there is no change when you are relying on fixes, right? And, you know, I talk about this all the time too, the difference between a change and a fix is in the encounter of a change, the individual is the most important person, Right. In the encounter of a fix, the practitioner is. How good am I at my fixes? How flashy, how quick are my fixes, right? How many of my fixes can you accumulate? Because none of them are going to last. So again, this is a problem in medicine. This is also a problem in the dependency of the individual on somebody else to come in and take away our responsibility, our you know, obligation to ourselves right? To, to know that you are dictating the quality of your life, that you are in direct contact with everything that has the output that you're either enjoying or not. And, and to know that 
you know, there's no such thing as a victim in this world. It, it's literally a mindset and, and it's, it's hard to admit. I remember when I had to admit so many things to myself, even in how much I quote unquote knew, like you are your problem. <laughs> Clean it up. <laughs> and that's when you realize that like you can release your dependency and your obsession in the bondage of the fixes, if you will, if you change, right? Then you, you don't have to have the supplement. You don't have to have the diet. You don't have to have, you know, whatever input you want to pick, depending on what specialty you're in. The truth is the freedom of it is freedom <laughs> without an exception. And so, you know, that's, it's a challenge to medicine. It's a challenge to practitioners, but it mostly with it's the challenge to the individual, right? Because consumerism shows you what we value and we are still very much valuing a formula that doesn't work. And the, the formula is you fix me, you give me something to take it away to make me more comfortable in the life that is not conducive to health. And so that's where we've got to change first and foremost. And as practitioners, we should be living examples of these things, right? And then as individuals, we should be living examples of what it is that we say we believe in. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. It's beautifully said. Beautifully said. I'm I'm just sitting here for those who cannot see me, just nodding my head the whole time, <laughs> just nodding my head. I really hope that my community really hears this because there's so much power in making your life or allowing your life and stepping into the fact that your life is your medicine. And how are we seeing ourselves and not waiting for somebody else to see us, but beginning that process by showing up and seeing ourselves. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And that's the journey, right? But I, I love meeting people that, you know, have had hard chapters, hard lives, right? Because I think, you know, I'll speak for myself, but I feel it in you, in your words too. Like the value we bring to other people is not because of our our most sparkling moments, <laughs> our most perfect moments. They were in the moments that we almost didn't exist and we almost gave up. And we were so hurt and so lost and so confused ourselves. But we fought through it. <laughs> and we chose and we chose and we chose and we chose. And so that's the value, you know, that I think we bring is in the living of our life and the doing it of the best we can. And, you know, knowing it won't be perfect, but you know, I think if you take both of our stories and like really zoom out, it was the us coming back or maybe seeing ourselves, just like you said, for the first time ever, yeah. not through somebody else's eyes, not through somebody else's perception of us or how they praised us or didn't praise us, but us being like, without all of that shit, <laughs> who am I? What am I? What matters? What do I care about? What makes my heart sing and spin and swell? And then I will dedicate my life to something that can touch that, not something that is so empty, right? And so, you know, I, I feel like anytime I encounter people or any time, you know, two are brought together, even like in a moment like this. I think it's those truths that have brought us here from very, I guarantee, massively different backgrounds, totally different places on the planet. But the reason, you know, I always in my head view it as like everyone coming on their own paths from the forest and there's this center clearing. And it's like when you make it through, you're like, you're here too. <laughs> Where did you come from and how did, oh my gosh. And it's this, you know, the center clearing is truth with a capital T. It's where we all need to sit down and hold space for each other and have conversation and, you know, interest and availability to be like, okay, you show me the truths you've gathered to get here because somehow we're all here <laughs> and I will bring the truths as best I can that got me here. And then we listen and listen and we learn that can I, can you imagine the wisdom that we would hold as people because your life is your medicine and it can only come from you. In my life is my medicine and it could only come from me. Mm -hmm. Individual listening or every individual not listening, the same thing. And it is this, what would our world look like? What would humanity feel like 
if we did exactly that. If we said, okay, somehow we have all met in this center clearing. Let's talk. Like, let's really talk. Let's use our beautiful brains, these tools that have massive capacity to propel us forward in a world we haven't experienced yet because it could only come through us, right? Because we're the ones that are going to bring it. You know, that's what excites me. You know, we could probably have a conversation for days and be like, okay, let's remember this part of healing. <laughs> it's a profound journey. And I think, you know, you, one of the things you talk about a lot is grit. It, it, in the three years that my body, well, my body was falling apart long before it fell apart because I just was like, huh, what body? But in the years that it took to, to heal and to come back to homeostasis, I had to change. It, 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 there was, there was no road other than change. There, it, unless I wanted to farm it out and give it away. If I wanted to give it away and say, fix me, it's yeah. your hands. No, I didn't. It didn't. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't. It wasn't who I was. I was like, no, I, it is, this is requiring grit. This is requiring me to face myself and what I created. Cause I really felt that I had created this imbalance in my body and I was going to show up to support the imbalance in my body and to remove the bulbers, as you so eloquently put it, and take responsibility. And there were many people that were like, oh, it's not your fault. And I'm like, it's not about fault. Yeah. This is my responsibility. This is my responsibility to step up. And I love what we were saying offline before we recorded of like not giving a diagnosis a name. But it was interesting, as I was saying to you, it was in that moment of diagnosis that I went, no. That's not me. That's not my body. This body is amazing. This body is infinite and powerful and beautiful. And everything in me wants to heal. I am not a victim. I am going to rise and I'm going to be, I'm going to meet my body in this place of health and wellness. And the journey getting there was profound and beautiful and absolutely changed the course of who I was and will be for the rest of my life. And showing up in support of others, finding the healer within them and empowering them. It's, it's a kind of an amazing place to be. And I feel that in you where you're showing up as an empowerment and using the tools of your knowledge, but also of your firsthand experience and understanding of the human body to empower those coming to you to heal their bodies and not just disconnect and look for a quick fix, but actually engage in life as their medicine. And I just, I'm so happy you're out there doing that work. Well, thank you. No, I, I agree with what you're saying. It's such a privilege. I think with every individual, we have the opportunity to even have three words with, right? Much less a conversation or, you know, an energetic exchange within whatever vocation we have chosen or offering that we give. It's a privilege to be with people. When I first got into medicine young, right? I, I kept trying to push my heart out of it because that's what they told me was my weak link. They said, you care, you, you're never going to make it because you care too much. Mm. You get too emotional. You get too connected to the patients and the doctor can't do that. And so I remember like being young and being like, I got to stop caring about people. Like, how do you stop caring about people? How do you harden your heart and detach? And, you know, then the way life showed me my own, you know, healing was, no, don't you dare. You love for no reason. You care a ridiculous amount. Every human, every interaction is a privilege. And it's, it's your responsibility and your opportunity to see it. And if you don't see it, it's not the person on the other side. It's you. And so that's how I engage with people, you know, and that's how I feel even to be a practitioner of quote unquote doctors. What a privilege is it to commune with people in a container that requires honesty and realness and vulnerability in a world that's plastic. And, you know, it's my life. It's my life offering. It's my, you know, reason for being here. And man, it is medicine. It's bi-directional medicine for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sitting with me today and 
and sharing your medicine. It's beautiful and powerful and true. Thank you. Thank you for being here and having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today with my conversation with Dr. Cassie Huckabee. If you would like to find out more about Dr. Huckabee and her work, you can find her at gritnaturalmedicine.com. Again, I can't say enough how much I love her philosophy and approach to healing. It resonates with me on so many different levels. Healing does take grit. It does take that dedication and connection to your healing process, but really your life. And her approach of your life is your medicine. And that medicine can either be the one that wakes you up or the one that heals you. And for me, my medicine was Crohn's disease. It's what I needed to wake up. And every single day of my life, I connect with my body. I feed my body, but I don't just feed my body. I feed my life. I am connected to what lights me up and I am connected to doing the work. And all of it feels magical. I'm connected to life in a way that I can never imagine. I hope you enjoy this and take the opportunity to have that much deeper connection in your own healing process and where in your life is your healing your medicine and the tools that you are learning to connect with your body and heal your body where that is the medicine as well. Have a wonderful day. See you next time.